0: Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. This episode of the Rural Woman Podcast contains discussion of mental health, mental illness, and discussion of suicide. These themes may be upsetting to some listeners. If you or a loved one find yourself needing emotional support or are in crisis, please note the following resources and phone numbers. Crisis Service Canada, 1-833-456-4566 or send a text to 45645. The U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, one 800 or text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741 to connect with a crisis counselor in either Canada or the U.S. All of these phone numbers and text lines, as well as other helpful resources, will be listed in today's show notes. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. On this week's episode, you'll meet Leslie Bauer. Leslie and her husband, Ricky, reside on Rural Rhythm Farm in Dayton, Maryland, where they raise corn, hay, rye, and soybeans. Leslie also has a small high tunnel where she grows strawberries and other veggie crops. As well, they raise a few hogs and a few cows. Leslie is a former 4-H member and continues to support the program today. She is also active in her County Farm Bureau, where she is currently the County Farm Bureau President. Leslie works part-time off of the farm and pitches in around the farm when time permits. Leslie and Ricky raised three amazing kids. The two oldest both have careers in agriculture, and their youngest, Jackie, was also pursuing a career in agriculture, when for reasons that they will never fully understand, she decided to take a different path. Running Ahead to Heaven in September 2018. These days, in addition to her passions for agriculture, Leslie also has a passion for mental health. It is her hope that her story will touch others and let them know how much they really do matter and make a difference in this life. I am very honored to be sharing Leslie's story with you here today on the podcast. I have had the pleasure of connecting with Leslie over on Instagram for the past year. She is truly a light for me on social media, and I am grateful for her to share her story with us today. I've shared with Leslie in the past that I can relate a lot to her daughter Jackie's story, and Jackie is honestly my inspiration behind doing this suicide awareness and prevention series this month here on the Rural Woman Podcast. There are too many young people like Jackie who feel like they are not enough. And I hope by Leslie sharing her story of her beautiful daughter, we can help change that narrative. Today, September 18th, marks the two year anniversary of Jackie's passing. Leslie and I never intentionally planned for this episode to come out on this date, but I feel like it was just something that was meant to be. So, Leslie, I want you to know that I'm thinking about you, Jackie and your family today, and I am sending you all of my love. Thank you again for continuing to spread awareness through the sadness and the pain. Jackie will truly never be forgotten. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's episode with Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing today, Caitlin? I am doing so good. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rural Woman podcast today. I am very happy and fortunate to be sharing your story here on the podcast with my listeners today.
1: Well, I'm happy that you asked me and I'm happy to be here.
0: That is wonderful. Okay. Before we get started on the topic that we're going to talk about today, I want to learn all about Leslie. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and how did you get your start in agriculture?
1: So again, my name is Leslie Bauer, and I am married to Ricky Bauer. I often refer to him on social media as the farmer, and Ricky is a grain farmer. We raise mostly corn, soybeans, rye, and hay. Our home farm is about 175 acres, and we farm an additional 600 acres around the area. I also have a small high tunnel where I grow strawberries and other produce. We also have a few cows and hogs, although these days our son has pretty much taken over our small hog operation. I got my start in agriculture. It's pretty much been a part of my life forever. Both of my parents were farmers, And I grew up on a small 26-acre hobby farm where we raised sheep. A little fun fact, I was the 1986 Maryland Lamb and Wool Queen. And I also had a horse and a Jersey cow growing up. I was a member of 4-H. My kids were in 4-H. And I met my favorite farmer, Ricky, at a local county fair. Actually, it was the same day I got my driver's license. And we've been married for thirty-three years this year.
0: Leslie, I love that. And do we refer to you as your Royal Highness, the Wool Queen, or <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I often get referred to as wool brain. Oh. <laughs> it, 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 so it was more I think I got teased about it more than anything when I was in high school. But it is kind of a neat little fun fact and it, it just shows that for me that agriculture has always been a part of my life and promoting the industry has always been very important to me. So,
0: Absolutely. Well, and that's a long running streak of you being in agriculture and you and your husband basically being born into it and it being in your blood. Yes, yes. So what has your role looked like on your farm and how do you think it's changed over the years?
1: So my role, and as I like to say, I am just the farm wife and I am Perfectly proud and happy to wear that title. Ricky Farms Full Time. I actually work part-time off the farm, mainly for health insurance, but it's also been good when we've had some lean years in agriculture. My three main jobs on the farm are feeding the cows, taking care of my garden in high tunnel, and marketing that produce, and then what seems like the never-ending job of cutting grass, especially this time of year. I am usually the one that doctors are sick animals, although now that my son has taken over with our small hog operation, he's kind of taking on some of that responsibility. I've been known to rake a little bit of hay. I do our farm billing. I'm our farm tour guide if somebody wants to come and see the farm. And then I just do all those general jobs, the gopher, the parts runner, helping move equipment, picking up feed checking fence lines and helping fix fences and, you know, anything else that kind of needs help.
0: I like how you described your role as just the farm wife and then proceeded to list all of those things afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) It is very accurate in the farm life.
1: Right, right. And that's well, and I've had people say that before. Oh, she's just the farm wife. And I'm like, yeah, I am. But, you know, there's a lot that I'm doing here. (laughs) Yes. But probably like the biggest thing that's changed for me in that role over the years is that now that my children are grown, I have more time to help
0: out on the farm versus running kids around. So, absolutely. That's like the reward after raising your children. You get to go do the fun jobs now.
1: I'm not always sure if farming is fun, but (laughs) it's fun for me, I guess. So,
0: yes, absolutely. So, Leslie, we are talking about a very heavy topic this month on the Rural Woman podcast as September is National Suicide Prevention Month. And I wanted to bring focus to it as I know there are many farmers and many farm families that have struggled and are currently struggling with this topic. And, Leslie, You and your family are one of them. So, Leslie, tell us the story of your family and how you can relate. So, I
1: have three children.
0: My oldest daughter is 28. My
1: son is 25. And then there is Jackie, who was our youngest. She would be, have been 23 this year. My two older children both have careers in agriculture, and Jackie was also pursuing a career in agriculture. But for reasons that we will never fully know or understand, she decided to take a different path. And as I like to say, she ran ahead to heaven on September 18th, 2018. Before that time, I'd like to say, I don't want to mislead people or paint this picture that my life was perfect or that my kids were perfect or that I was this terrific parent. I am far from it. You know, just like every other person, you know, we've always had our share of struggles and challenges both with each other in life, but what I have found and what I like to say is that, you know, while I don't always see it, my life may not be perfect, but it was perfect for me. The kids were always involved in 4-H. We always had other people over the house doing 4-H activities or working with the animals. All of my kids always enjoyed working at the barn. I don't think there's a job that you could ask them to do at the barn that they would not do. But if I were to ask any of them to clean their room, forget it, it would never happen. So, You know, we were a normal, what I like to call farm family, if there's such a thing. And, you know, we were enjoying our lives. So we all had goals. But like I said, somewhere, Jackie just lost sight of things. And it was things that she never really shared with us.
0: So yeah, I want to start off by saying my heart is with you and your family. And I want to take this time to honor Jackie and the life that she did live. So let's just talk about Jackie and her life on the farm. What were her favorite chores and jobs and Obviously, you said, what did she not like doing? She obviously didn't like cleaning her room, but what kid does?
1: (laughs) I mean, anything to do with pigs, she was all in. She was active in 4-H and she held many offices in her 4-H club, including club president. At one point, she had earned a trip to Louisville where she competed in the National Skillathon Contest at the North American International Livestock Exposition She was the 2015 Miss Howard County Farm Bureau. It's kind of a fancy title for farm queen. And she went on to the state contest where she competed against 22 other girls, and she was third runner-up in that contest as well. Outside of the farm, she was active in high school playing volleyball, and she played both on a high school team as well as a club team in the offseason, and I think Part of what drove her passion for agriculture, she was always proud that she grew up on a farm and that, you know, she had the farm roots and a lot of her friends didn't see or understand it because they did not grow up on farms. And she always tells the story of when she was on her club volleyball team, there was a girl who said, well, well, what do you do on a farm? We get our food from the grocery store. (laughs) And then Jackie kind of looked at her. And I think it was at that point that Jackie realized that she wanted a career where she could kind of bridge that gap between consumers and people who don't live on farms and the farms and people who produce our food. So that was her thing. Anything having to do with that was always her favorite. And I would say, if you want to ask what she didn't like on the farm, and again, this is something that all my children would agree with, would be picking up sticks or picking up rocks out of the field. <laughs> and my kids to this day will tell you, I think it's just etched in their memory. It would be, you know, springtime right before spring planting and The kids would be home for spring break and their friends would all be off at some sunny beach somewhere and the farmer would have them out lined up in the field, walking the fields, picking up rocks. So
0: that would be their spring vacations and um, a memory they won't soon forget. Absolutely not, and Leslie, I can relate to that story. Not from being a farm kid, but being the farmer's new wife, and that being kind of my initial being thrown into farming. That was one of my first jobs here on the farm. Was picking up rocks and sticks,
1: (laughs) right? And now that the kids have grown, some of that is reverted back to me because there's no one else to do it.
0: (laughs) It is a full circle of the worst job on a farm. Yes. So, Leslie, what was Jackie taking in college and what were her plans for after school?
1: So, Jackie, I think I already said she was 21 in July of 2018. And in fall of 18, she had started her senior year at Oklahoma State University. And there she was working on a double major in agriculture communications and animal science with a minor in German. And I will say as a little bit of a bittersweet side note, Oklahoma State did award Jackie her diploma posthumously so she did end up graduating even though she wasn't here to celebrate it with us. Jackie had always been a great student. She was in National Honor Society in high school, she made dean's list several semesters in college, and during the summer of 2018 she had had an internship with John Deere. She was working in their marketing Program and she was in Olesa, Kansas that summer working. And at the end of the summer, John Deere actually extended an incredible job offer to Jackie. And this was something that we thought was a dream come true for her. She was just over the moon when she got that job offer. And sometimes, you know, people all through college would always question, you know, the Ag Communications and Animal Science double major. That all made sense, but everybody would always kind of look at her funny when she talked about her minor in German. But John Deere has, I guess, divisions throughout the world, and one of them is in Germany. And we often wondered if with that German minor, if at some point in the future, maybe she would have had that opportunity to go to Germany. The supervisor she had worked with that summer had worked in Germany in the past, and we thought it was no coincidence that the two of them had been paired together. So that was kind of Jackie's thing, and I guess I'll add to that that when Jackie had first made the choice to attend Oklahoma State, which is about 1,300 miles from our home here in Maryland, at that time and throughout her college years, I would often say to the farmer, you know, she's not coming home. And he would always look at me, and without hesitation, he would say, yes, she is. She'll be back. And I still remember that last summer when she was working at John Deere and knowing the possibility of her future plans, that last time she was home, when we dropped her at the airport and we were headed back home, I once again turned to the farmer and I said, you know, she's not coming home. And he hesitated for a minute, but then he quietly said to me, he said, well, maybe not right away. He was always certain that she would be back. And when John Deere finally did make that job offer to her, she and I had a conversation if she should accept the offer. And my response to her at that time was, you know, I cry every time I think about it because I know you won't be home, but I think this is such a great opportunity. And I think you owe it to yourself to see where this is going to
0: take you. Absolutely.
1: And the other piece that I will add to that is that I guess after she passed away, I had found a recording that she had made at some point. I don't know if this was late high school or early college, but it was kind of like a little promotional piece about her. And in it, she talked about her dreams of going to college and wanting to work for a big ag corporation in the future. And so this just seemed like it truly hit the nail on the head for her. And something that I like to say often is be careful what you wish for because it might just come true. And I think, you know, looking at this, this was exactly what she had wanted. And, you know, it leaves us a lot of times scratching our head because it, she seemed like what had this incredible life and this incredible future ahead of her. I think my friend Trent Luz always likes to talk about Jackie, and he says she lived life bigger than all of the great outdoors. And that's was Jackie.
0: From what you've said and what you've described, that is That is exactly Jackie. She lived a big life in a short amount of time. She got her money's worth. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. So Leslie, you and I have been connected through social media. I believe I found you through our beautiful friend, Meredith, who we all know and love and has been on the podcast. And Meredith made an Instagram video about your beautiful daughter, Jackie, and that's how I connected with you and you and I have had some conversations since then. And I I feel like I've connected with Jackie's story a lot through my own personal story. And I went through your Instagram posts this morning before we started recording and you have done such a beautiful job in sharing and being vulnerable with I like to call them strangers on the internet, because really, that's what social media is, is a bunch of strangers on the internet getting together and finding connection through one another. And I have gone through and found a couple posts that I wanted to share your words with our listeners, because I think you sharing your story has been such a powerful and beautiful thing. So I wanted to share With the listeners, part of a post that you wrote one year after losing Jackie. It says, One thing I know is that there is a hole in my heart that will never heal. The edges of the hole might get smoother over time, but it will forever be part of me now. I know that I'm not the first parent to walk in these shoes, and sadly, I will not be the last either. I pray with that awareness I can save at least one life and keep at least one family from suffering the pain of losing a child. Leslie, through all of the pain, tell us why it is so important for you to share the story of Jackie.
1: I think it's important for me to share the story of Jackie because Jackie was not a person who you thought would have ever made the choice that she made. When we received the news that she had taken her life, I blindsided and shocked, just I can't even... I, I They don't even begin to explain the emotions. No one would have ever seen or predicted this from her. She was just so happy-go-lucky. There had to have been a mistake. And to me, it's important because I think people need to know this could happen to anyone, anywhere. And that is the thing that just leaves us scratching our head so often because she just this wasn't our child. And, you know, and I look back at, you know, what a wonderful life she had. And I'm thinking, you know, but I also feel she spent a lot of her life comparing herself to others and feeling like she wasn't prepared for life. And it was like, she lacked that piece of self-confidence and, you know, a lot of it when she was alive, it it was things that we just kind of thought were, was normal. But what we didn't see was how much I think she dwelled on these things day in and day out. I think that there was a part of her that did want to come back home. But I think that she was afraid to ask for help. I think that she was afraid she would disappoint us after everything she had done if she would have just called and said, you know, mom and dad, I just want to come home. And I can't tell you how many times I wish she would have just made that call. And those are the things, I guess, that I want to share more than than anything else. And I'll tell a couple of stories and things about Jackie, because I think these are all things that all of us, to some extent, in our human nature go through. And I think they need to be shared because I just think that these were things, as I said, that just ate away at her. I talk about how she, again, spent a lot of time comparing herself to others. In her freshman year of college, I remember her coming home at Christmas, and she basically she informed me that I hadn't given her the right opportunities compared to her college peers. Many of them had either come from larger farms, they had been members of FFA, which was a program that was not offered in our county when my kids were in school, or they had other agricultural experiences that she just didn't have access to. When she reached her senior year of college and she was doing her internship with John Deere. Again, she mentioned to me that she should have taken more business classes. Most of the other interns who she was working with that summer, they were pursuing degrees in agribusiness, and Jackie only had the ag communication animal science. And, you know, again, her feeling of inadequacy. John Deere had offered her that internship position, knowing what her major was. They later extended her that job offer, and not all of those interns who worked that summer got those job offers and I think that more than anything and that was just it the thing that we don't understand about Jackie so much is in that final letter to us that that's not too personal but in her final letter she said I wish I could be more and that just boggles us because she excelled in everything that she did I mean she was this amazing child she was loved by so many people but she could not see for herself that she was enough. She couldn't see her greatness. She couldn't see what others saw in her. She couldn't see the lives that she touched or the impact that she had on people. All she could see was what she lacked and what other people had. And I will often talk about Jackie and I will share this and I've shared it many times before and I'm sure I'll share it many times again, Jackie just was never comfortable in her own skin. She was never skinny enough. It seemed like she was constantly dieting and exercising. Her feet were too big. Her hair, she just could never get her hair right. Her teeth weren't white enough. She didn't have the right clothes. And I think, again, going back to why I want to share this, I think many of us can identify with those feelings, but for Jackie, I think it just consumed her. And what I would like to say is, Don't spend your life comparing yourself to others or feeling that you're missing out because no matter how successful we become or what great things we do, there will always be someone with a bigger farm, a better job, more money, a nicer truck, or whatever it is that you want to compare yourself to. And I know it's a lot easier to say that than to do that, but we really need to learn to be happy with who we are And what we have, and to enjoy what makes each of us
0: unique. Absolutely. And Leslie, that is perfect universal advice to give to my listeners and to anyone. And thank you for sharing that. And I know personally, I can relate to a lot of what Jackie went through and the comparison game of life. Really, it's not just in farming or in post secondary education, it is a universal thing that people compare you compare yourself to another person who has more. And I just think that feeling comfortable and getting comfortable in your own skin is probably one of the biggest gifts that you can ever give yourself and eventually give to other people. So thank you for sharing that. Exactly.
1: And it is, it's it's very hard and, and it's everywhere. You can't escape it, but somehow we need to get out of that mentality.
0: Yes, absolutely. One other thing that I just wanted to share that ties directly in what you just shared with us that you wrote in honor of Jackie is Jackie who spent her life being a positive force to others, lifting them up and being everyone's cheerleader forgot to do the same to herself. Yes. So I think it's great advice that not only do we need to cheer others on, but we also need to cheer ourselves on yes. and know that we're, we're worthy and we're enough. So Leslie, if there's anybody listening right now who has lost somebody close to them, what do you want to say to them right now?
1: That one is a hard question for me, and I've thought about it, and I feel that while I've already said all of this, I feel like I don't necessarily have good advice to share with others in regards to the loss. Each of us experience and deal with grief in our own way, and what's worked for me may not work for someone else. And what I have learned these past two years is that while each member of my family has suffered a horrible loss we have all grieved very differently. And someone early on shared an analogy with me, and I think it's a very true and spot on analogy. And it's that we all are in the same sea of grief, but we're each in our own separate vessel. And sometimes those vessels will meet, sometimes we're going to cross paths, but basically we're each kind of suffering our own emotions at our own times. So when I'm sad, someone else, could be angry or when I'm in denial, someone could be feeling acceptance. And we basically, you know, we all go through the different stages of grief at different times. And some of us, it takes longer to go through it. There is no timeline. It's not like, you know, first you're sad and then you're angry and then you miss them and then you're done grieving. It it just doesn't happen that way. It's a very jumbled process and we are going to revisit all of those emotions and stages in no specific order over and over for a very long time and probably for the rest of our lives be you know, it will get easier, but that grief of losing the person that we've loved is going to be with us forever. And, you know, I've reached the point where I can laugh and I can joke. And sometimes those the laughter and jokes can be about memories of Jackie. And when I wake up again in the morning, there's still that grief and missing of Jackie. And those are the things the first year I spent a lot of that year just in shock and disbelief and trying to process what had happened. And this past year, year two for me has been realizing, I don't know if I necessarily want to say that I accept it yet, but realizing that Jackie is no longer here and that she will never be here for another holiday or birthday or other big event again. And those are things that have been hard for me. And, So it's hard for me to necessarily give advice to people, but I do have a few, and I know I've already rambled. I do have a few things I will share that have worked for me, and again, they're not necessarily going to work for somebody else. The first thing I would say would be find a support group. Again, it's not for everybody. I'm the only person in my family that goes to a support group, but for me, it has been good up until COVID-19 hit. I was attending monthly support group meetings with others who lost a loved one to suicide, and these were a great way to kind of reaffirm my feelings and to know that I'm not crazy with how I'm feeling or to know that there's nothing wrong with how I'm feeling. I can sit in a room and listen to others who have been through the same thing. I can listen to them share their struggles and challenges, and I know I'm not alone in that. Since COVID-19 has hit, they have moved to Zoom meetings, and I do enough Zoom and other places on my life so I've not really participated in those calls another place that I would say is that there is a blog that I have started to follow it is called the life i didn't choose.com and it's written by a woman melanie de who lost her son dominic 6 years ago in a motorcycle accident and Each day, I receive a daily email with her post for the day. And as a grieving parent, so much of what she says each day speaks to my heart. And again, it just reaffirms so much of what I'm feeling and what I'm going through. And it could be a simple post from things like, why can't I keep my house clean, which is me. <laughs> That's my life these days to other things like why my head is so fuzzy and discombobulated and why I can't hold together a coherent thought or sometimes I just can't even come up with the right words. So that blog has been wonderful for me. For some people there are Facebook groups for grieving parents and for survivors of suicide. I've joined some of those groups but I'm not very active in them. They just they don't suit me a whole lot. So you know, you need to find what brings you joy. And quite honestly, what has brought me a lot of joy these past few years is Instagram. And I feel like there's just so much on there. I And maybe it's because I have a different circle of friends there, but I have found a community that has gone a long way in helping to lift me up and help me through difficult times. And it's mostly farm accounts that I follow from around the globe, You know, most of them are sharing their day to day, but I get to kind of take a little mini vacation from my life and what's going on. And I get to see a peek into other people's lives. I learn about agriculture in different places. I get to see animals of all shapes and sizes, great scenery and great entertainment from so many of the other farmers and some of the antics that are going on on their farm that can just always, if I'm having a bad day, can kind of give me that, pick me up and a laugh. And the thing that I really like the most about Instagram is just, Again, it's that general feeling of people trying to support and lift each other up and we're not tearing each other down. So those have been things that have helped me. I can't necessarily say if it's advice or how much it will help others, but you know, everybody has their thing that they need to find.
0: Absolutely, And I think that's the best piece of advice is that you need to find what works for you. It might not work for everyone else or everyone in your family, but if it's doing what it needs to do for you, then that's exactly what you need. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you are doing so good. And I'm I'm so proud of you, Leslie. This is great. Well, so, thank you. Leslie, you and your family have established a memorial scholarship in Jackie's name that will be offered yes. through the Howard County Farm Bureau. Can you tell us more about the Jackie Bauer Memorial Scholarship Fund?
1: So we set up the scholarship fund when Jackie passed away. It's our way to kind of create a legacy to always remember Jackie And it is awarded each year. We're hoping that this is something that will go on for many years. We put through the fund that has raised a good bit of money, but we are carefully doling it out so that it does last through the years. But each year, a senior youth, I guess, I don't want to say a senior in high school, but we'll say an older youth person involved in our agriculture community does receive a scholarship in memory of Jackie, they have to write an essay, and it's usually something agricultural-related, kind of sharing their thoughts or viewpoints on where they think agriculture will be going in the future. And through those essays, we then award a scholarship in Jackie's memory.
0: That's wonderful. And for the listeners who would like to contribute to this Memorial Scholarship? How are they able to do that?
1: They can reach me via email, and I think you're going to have my email address in the program notes, so they can always feel free to email me, and I can give them more information on how or where to donate, as well as contacting me on Instagram.
0: That's great. And Leslie, I will be making a contribution on behalf of the Rural Woman Podcast for for Jackie and the Memorial Fund. So Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I am ever grateful that I have been able to meet you on social media through the strangers of the internet and this weird world that we live in. Yeah. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story and Jackie's story on the World Woman podcast today and your vulnerability and your strength that it takes to share this story. But I know and you know that this story will help somebody. So thank you.
1: And I hope, I really hope that it does. I've heard from people in the past two years when I have talked about Jackie and they've said, you know, my daughter or my son was struggling and they've heard your story and they came and they talked to us or, you know, other people that have had similar circumstances. I feel there's no good that came from losing Jackie from this world. But I pray that if there's any good, it could be that this is going to help somebody else and save some other life and hopefully make it so that another family does not go through the pain that we've been through these past two years and will continue to go through.
0: Absolutely. Leslie, for the listeners who would like to connect with you through Instagram, where can they find you on there?
1: On Instagram, I am L A. A 5 and then I'm also on Facebook as Leslie Clary Bauer, but I don't do a whole lot of posting over on Facebook these days. I've kind of found my home on Instagram.
0: So That's great. I will put that link in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you and send some love to you through on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us on the Rural Woman Podcast, Leslie. I really appreciate it.
1: I'm happy to do it and hoping that it makes a difference for somebody this difficult month.
0: Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, plus share it with a friend.